Hello everybody and welcome back to Community FC. We've got another uh, kind of summer special episode coming. The Premier League starts this week. We are very excited. We are going to be uh, watching all the games, I'm sure, getting into it, FPL, all that good stuff. Speaking of FPL, don't forget to join our league. We've put our link out on socials and we'll have the code below. Before we get into the episode, uh, let me welcome my constant co-host as always, Rich. How are you doing, mate? Very well. Thank you for having me as always, Aidan. My absolute pleasure. I mean, chatting football is literally what we do anyway, so it made total sense to just keep doing the pod. Um, but Absolutely. this episode, we um, thought that the best way we can do it was we're not going to go into uh, predictions of like a whole table like we've seen lots of format and stuff do. We just want to get uh, our general thoughts up. We're going to go into like the top teams. We're going to go into a bit of transfer stuff as well, like we did last week, but maybe just talking about positions and, and our overall thoughts, you know, our personal opinions on where we think certain teams might come because everybody always has that one where people go oh well, I don't I'm not sure about that I don't agree with that uh, and has a bit of a controversial opinion so we just thought it's a nice little episode to put out and everybody's watching all these videos because we're all excited to see the season start you know it's, it's that calm before the storm everyone's got the high hopes of you know we're going to do so much better than last year or we're going to reach this certain uh, position in the table and uh, you know that sometimes crushed on the first week so now you've got this little bit of hope until the opening fixture so where do you want to start Rich I'll let you kick off wherever you want to start should we start at the top? Yeah. And work our way down. Let's go for it. Um, so if we're starting at the top, I mean, we're not, so we're not going to go through the whole thing, but I think the we can do some some obvious ones. So I, I, I we haven't talked about this, but I'm fairly sure we're going to be exactly the same page as last year. Are we on the same page that City are going to win again? Yes. I mean, I think that's obvious, right? Hands down. Hands down. Look, I know I know they, they lost to Liverpool in the Community Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just community shield. Yeah. Um, and I and honestly, like we said before, I think Man City have they've added nicely to their mm-hmm. squad now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think let's give Harland a little bit of time to get 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 into it. I think he's going to become unstoppable. I I mean I completely agree with you, and I think everyone gets so carried away of course they're going to it's the first quote-unquote competitive game of the the 2023 season but like 2022-23 but I'm just like is it though like because exactly the same thing had happened if Haaland had scored and hadn't missed the sitter and it had been reversed with Nunes everyone would have been exactly the same storyline for everyone else I just think there's been so much build-up for Haaland it's it's almost the villain role to play that if he fails it's funnier than if Nunes fails so yeah. it's 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 pretty classic but you know uh, th- that is pretty much the only question mark that I have against City is how long will it take for Haaland to bed in? And my personal opinion is I think he's going to score this weekend. <laughs> in the first, yeah, I, get I, I do as well. I do as well. And it will come as no surprise to anyone that I put him in the factual team. Yeah. I, I, I think he's just going to he's going to be points merging. I am happy to reveal he is also in my team. Uh, we won't go too much, you know, we're keeping these secret this year. We've got a couple of that's leagues it, going. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of people, I think that's a, a no-brainer for lots of things. So that, that really is my only uh, point around City. I think he'll hit the ground running. Even if it takes a couple of games, he's going to get there. He's just a machine. He just has a bit of an injury problem. That is the, the thing he needs to avoid. But apart from that, City win the league. I think they're going to be comfortable this year. And I think Grealish and, and KDB and everyone like that are going to be having absolute joy with a target man like that up top. However... Yeah, and I think that's the other thing. I'll just quickly, <laughs> before we finish on City, I think uh, Grealish got a lot of stick last season. He did. But he wasn't playing with a target man. No. 
in fact, they weren't playing with a striker at all for most of the season. So I think let's give him a little bit of a uh, little bit of leeway on yep. last year. And I think this season, I think he'll probably come alive. I do. I, I completely agree with you, actually. I think that Jack Grealish is going to have a fantastic season because I think they've sorted out with their wingers. Again, I know he's going to have to share time with Foden and he might play everywhere else and Pep Roulette comes into it, but I just feel that target man is way better for a Grealish type figure when he's running to the wing or running to the line and he's going past people. He's looking for that target man and you even saw that in some of their preseason games. Um, so it's one of them. But speaking of, we might as well go to who I think is probably going to be second. Again, I'm not sure if that's the same for you or not. We're going to, I'm going to talk about Liverpool um so this one is interesting for me because the well I, sh- I should say start off of do you think they're going to be second as well or i have put liverpool second i think i, I think i think it's a, a safer bet i've seen some people say some outrageous stuff that they think they're going to do a lot worse but i think for me a few questions got answered in that game as well because the biggest questions i had were well three things really can uh they be like keep the same form without someone like Mane to drag them when Salah or someone's not, you know, playing so well. Can he be there to, to, to boost them up a bit? Potentially, because I think Diaz is continuing to look sharp again like he did. He he, he seems to have no uh, time downtime by, by changing leagues. He was just straight into it and, and absolutely mincing everyone. Um, Salah looks pretty good again. Like, he looks sharp. And that was my other question because he didn't look the same since those two Senegal games. Um losing both times to them um and then obviously Nunes but I think I still stand by what I said last week and I think that Haaland will outperform Nunes by quite a bit but obviously there was a reason that United and lots of other clubs were interested in Nunes because clearly he's talented it was just there wasn't as much pedigree there from as Haaland so it's it's one of them but I think Liverpool will do extremely well I think they'll get a second I just don't see them getting that title spot at all yeah the other thing to point out I think about Liverpool is the same uh, kind of problems they have in defence. If they have a couple of injuries, mm-hmm. they've they've not really got a lot of depth yeah. in that in that defence. And I think that's always the problem with Liverpool the last sort of, three four years. Is that, you know if Van Dijk goes and injured, mm-hmm. your defence is half of what it was before. Or if they um, lose one of the fullbacks, that's half their out- attacking output, isn't it? Well, this is the other thing because we've spoken before on the podcast about how Trent are phenomenal going forward. Mm-hmm. But defensively, I don't think they're very good. Mm-hmm. They certainly aren't the best fullbacks in the league defensively. And going forward, though, outrageously good. Um, so I think if you lose Van Dijk, like they have done before for a large part of the season, I think that's when you start to worry about Liverpool because it'll be Liverpool involved where, yeah, we're going to try and score more goals than you. Yeah, I think well, I think that's always their that's always their mentality, isn't it? I mean, it's a bold claim on uh, the fullbacks, but yeah, it's uh, yeah one that one that people it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I think there's you know there's lots of great defenders, and but there's no no denying their attacking um, ability. Um, so now I'm I'm happy to talk about. I think we'll probably end up talking top six anyway. But I think moving on down, it don't necessarily have to talk in order or anything. But do we think? Um, if we're going to say those last two Champions League spots, do you have, do you have someone in mind for them? I've, I've been umming and ahhing and I keep changing my mind on certain ones. Yeah, I think um, the only thing I'm clear on, I think, at the moment is that I think United will get that sixth spot. Mm-hmm. United will finish fifth or sixth. Yep. I don't think they're quite ready yet to challenge for the Champions League. 
I mean, Honestly. let's. Let, I mean, yeah, let's start there then. I mean, this will obviously be a, a tiny little piece from me, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, realistically, like I would love to sit here and say, again, as a football fan, you're always going to be split in two. So I'm going to have. I'm, I'm pretty smart. Uh, sorry, it's not smart. Sensible football fan at times when I, I'm quite realistic. That's the that's the word I'm really looking for. And you know, this like I'll go into a game and be like, yeah, we're going to draw this. We're going to do whatever. Like I'm not always like we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. However, my my heart will always say top four is a potential. Top four is a potential. We could, we can do it. I just don't think. I think you're right. I think fifth or sixth. I'd love to say fifth, um, but we'll see. I think again, not going to spend crazy amounts talking about United. I think everyone can see um, like what's happening. I scroll down my notes. So you know, I think the biggest thing that I have to say is we're still not clear on the signing situation. Like on a few people, like the Frankie thing. No idea what's going to happen with that, uh, whether he's actually going to come or not. You know, certain reports saying that we're going to try until the end of August to try and get him. Who knows? Uh, the Ronaldo thing isn't sorted because it looks like he probably will stay now. But, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be playing on the weekend. I think Martial's going to start ahead of him because he's been there for the whole preseason. You know, it seems Ronaldo and a couple of other players left at half time on the weekend from preseason stuff, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to get into. And I just don't know if that's, you know, going to have like, going to, going to work for us. If, if he does leave all that kind of stuff is up in the air, but also I don't think we've necessarily made all the signings yet as well. So there's, you know, talks about Sesco, the same as Chelsea looking at, at him, you know, there's lo loads of potential that we could be bringing in, but I'm not sure that our signings we've made so far are enough to get us that top four spot. I think all three of them are brilliant signings. Seeing them in preseason, I'm very excited about all of them. Looking forward to seeing what happens. But I don't think Ten Hag has sorted out who's that starting defence yet. Because, you know, we saw Varane uh, and Martinez play again together on one preseason. And then we saw Maguire play on the other one, you know, with uh, various other centre-backs. I just, I don't know if he's got that sorted yet because he hasn't had enough time with the team. And so I'm not sure... With the signings that we've got, I can see us going for anything more than that, unless I'm, you know, horribly mistaken and then the other teams are going to drop. And I think that will be more the situation that other teams will let us get that place rather than us claiming it this season. I, I, you know, I think we can go back to, you know, last season of Roundup Review and I said a million times, second year, I'm expecting more from Ten Hag. I'm thinking of a trophy, even if it's not the, you know, the Prem, it's something else. And I think, you know, three years, if he's backed, then, then we're really going to push for that title charge. Yeah, I can I can appreciate that. I think it's a it's a realistic yeah. shout as well. Yeah, I, you're good. I think you'll do better than you did last season for sure. He's got he's got a clear plan, and I really like the manager. And he's he's not taking anyone's bullshit this season. You know, he's he's already getting players, and so you know, I, I'm forever hopeful, and I'm forever hoping that we have good um, attacking, fun football under Ten Hag. But we will see. Well, other than that, so I think. So the thing is, so there's the, the three clubs here that I've got, and I'm sure you've got them as well, mm -hmm. it's Chelsea, Tottenham and Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's do, I, and I'm not going to place them in a, in a position because mm -hmm. I really think this could be quite fluid. But what I will do is I'll give you a quick a quick kind of look at how I see these three clubs this yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start with Tottenham, and I think Tottenham will do very well this year. Yeah. And I think, realistically, I think they're probably a shoe in for top four. I think they've... Um, They've got some sensible signings. They've not lost anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and Conte has gotten playing really well. And we're, they're the opening game for us on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, I'm a bit concerned. Um, I think they're doing really well. Arsenal, 
as we said last week, have had an outstanding transfer window. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. The only thing I will say about for some reason, they'll just go through Pat being terrible. I mean, that is for no, personal. For, for no particular reason. So if I was to hazard a guess, I'd probably put them. Um, and then Chelsea. Chelsea are a weird one because... Like I don't know what's happened with their transfer window this season, but it's just been awful. It, it seems like everyone they've been linked with has been poached by Barcelona, <laughs> yep. uh, which has been a constant source of amusement in our group chat. Yep. Sorry, Jamie, um, but it—it's true, isn't it? You know, they—they—they they, they signed Sterling, which I think is we said last week is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, um, I do think they're maybe a couple of players short of uh, of really challenging Liverpool. Yeah, I think that's super fair. So I would say I am with you um, for basically everyone. Although, however, I think I will take a bold step and say that, well, not that bold in some senses, but I think I'm happy to lock Spurs for third this year. And I do think that it's going to be between Arsenal and Chelsea for fourth because just because of the transfer window. So I know that's slightly bolder, but I just think from what we're seeing, unless something drastically happens with those Spurs signings with injuries or anything like that, or they don't bed in and all this kind of stuff, I think, as you said, got them playing great. They look like they're forced to be reckoned with. And if Son and Kane carry on their preseason form, which, yes, you should be worried for the weekend, I think, unfortunately for you, um, they, they look like they're going to be really into it and um, scoring for fun again. So, but as I said, Arsenal, I, I honestly, they're so dark horses this season. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I generally would not be surprised. I can't believe I'm about to say this. I generally would not be surprised if I'm shocked to see them third because they could just have it. And it, it for me, that entirely depends on whether Gabriel Jesus stays fit because he is very injury prone. But if he has a good run, he's been on fire for them so far. Arteta's building that team. You know, they've made some really interesting, but I think smart decisions like uh, Martin Odegaard becoming their captain, integral part, been amazing for them on preseason again, like that captain's role, but all the assists he's getting, like their team is just looking good. The only question mark I have, um, apart from, as you mentioned, they hilariously just drop points wherever because they just do. That's just Arsenal and Arsenal fans. I'm sure you agree with that because you see it all the time. But also like there's still some question marks I think they have a great window, but there's some question marks on where some of them are going to play, like the Zinchenko situation. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, Chelsea, um, yeah. The, the reason I'm so up and down on Chelsea, if they get the signings they want, I could easily see them getting top four. If they don't, I could see them slipping out. And that's the that's the difference. But I think this week is going to be, it, well, it's already started with what, a couple of signings, but I think this week is only going to ramp up. And by by the first um, episode of the Roundup Review for season three, we could be singing a whole different hymn sheet for Chelsea. And that's why they're so up in the air. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Um, I mean, that's that, but that's exciting. You know, that's a very different look than we've seen before. Um, and some teams that are, you know, doing doing bits and building potentially on some form from last year um so here's here's an interesting one i'm going to put them in the same bracket together so we've got two sets of fans that are both hoping for the same thing and both kind of seemingly promised the same thing but i'm not sure they're going to get there so i'm talking about the european spots um as well and i'm thinking like europa conference league and it's uh, villa and newcastle what do you have to think about them do we think we're going to get there or not no for either no Oh, interesting. Yeah, Villa fans are deluded. <laughs> I, I don't under. I literally have no idea why they keep thinking they're going to get. Um, like last season, they were like, "This is going to be amazing. We're going to we're going to get it." And they they had uh, an, uh, an all right season. Mm-hmm. They, they had a season that I would expect Villa to get. 
But you know, there were there were Villa fans who were slating me on Twitter because I called them deluded for thinking they were going to get your glasses. Realistically, has that Villa squad improved to the level to get European football? No. No, not at all. Not in the slightest. You had Coutinho for half a season last season. He didn't do that much. Yeah, that's that's the and that is the, the the point that I would have as well if I was going to say anything about Villa. I don't think they're gonna. I think they might do better than they did this year. Oh, sorry, last year. But I don't think they're potentially going to reach the heights that I've seen some people put them at ridiculous things on certain podcasts or predictions and stuff really high up because I don't think they've had the transfer window to 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 see that. And it, and it, I don't think Coutinho is going to do it for a whole season. He's going to fall off again. And that is their kind of you know big big pull from last season so I'm just I'm not I, sure. I feel like I feel like they're a team that everyone like thinks it's cool to say they're going to be you know European football is it, is it Gerard yeah. doing it I don't know yeah, definitely there's some sort of Gerard bias there's 100% of Gerard bias um, but I, I don't know I just think that people like oh, Villa will do it and they'll forget about all of the terrible last season yeah so Moving on to Newcastle, then, what do we think? Do we think they're going to get it, or do we think close? What, what's the vibe for them? Honestly, I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't think that they've made the signings they need to to take that next step yet. And to be fair, I, what I will say is I I respect that they're building slowly mm-hmm. and they're building a solid base. Yeah, I respect that. Um, but I don't think they get there yet. If you look at the competition, that you know, realistically, who's going to be looking at? spot I mean you've got to be safe at this point mm-hmm. uh, I probably nailed on for that seventh spot yeah. they have not only had a phenomenal season last good transfer window great transfer window they've looked to have kept hold of Declan Rice which is huge for them yeah exactly which is massive for them they, they've still got you know they've kept hold of all of their best players from last season they're only they're only going to get better because of the person they've made them transfer yeah for me, that's a no-brainer. West Ham are seventh, and to be honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him sneak into um, The signs Newcastle have made, sure, they're good, but are they going to get up to that top seven? Are they going to be challenging West Ham? I don't think on the face of it they are. Obviously, you know what football's like. It's a fickle beast. Yeah. You know, we could come out and Newcastle could win the first 10 games of the trot, <laughs> yeah. and then we'd, be, then we'd be talking a different story. But... Football's football. Sometimes you expect things to happen and they don't happen. Sometimes you don't expect things to happen. So I think, I think you're right, but I don't think they're going to be that far off is my prediction. I think they're going to finish somewhere again that i know this is very loose but somewhere in i think they're going to get top 10 that's the easiest way to say it i think that they they and a few other teams will be challenging maybe not the actual spot but getting very close to that european spot and then i think next season if they build on again with signings that's when they're going to clinch it so i see them much closer than i do villa um i think villa will be you know obviously behind newcastle again it could be one of those teams pushing but i I just think they're going to probably finish more like 11th 12th then maybe 9th or 10th um so i you know there's a couple of fierce teams around there that are going to look for that but i think newcastle are building something good and i i just don't think it's going to be be this season just um speak a, a really random one that i've seen because in that conversation some people have been so up and down on them so some people i've seen have gone we're talking Leicester City, sorry. So Leicester, they've gone... Some people have gone, I think they're doing incredibly well. They've they've kept most of their squad. They're going to do this and stuff. I'm literally sitting here, I don't know what your opinions are, going, I think they're going to do awful this season. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to be bottom half. Yeah. Um, and I would say, realistically, they're going to have a... I reckon they'll have a fight to stay out five. Leicester are... They're a, we spoke about it last week. Mm-hmm. They, they've they lost some, some key players. And are still and, going to lose, yeah. Apparently. And are still going to lose some key players. And you've got the likes of Tielemans, who even if he stays, or he's got a year left of contract. So he's, not going to, he's not going to care, really, is he? Um, but not only that, like... They've been linked with two Southampton defenders. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been linked with Bednarek. Having already signed Bertrand and Vestergaard, <laughs> they won. They linked with Bednarek. That would be three out of the four defenders that lost 9 0 to them. And they now also, today, have been linked with Alex McCarthy. They're just going for, like, well, McCarthy, not so much, but they're just going for, like, the older guard greatest hits from the Southampton backline. Yeah, yeah. And, like, realistically, I, all players I've been very happy to get rid of and, and to see go, to be honest. Um, they haven't been linked to anyone of any quality. Yeah. And arguably for a couple of years. Um, and I I think it might be time for Rodgers to go. I just I just don't see what they can do. If they lose Madison and they lose Tillmans, right? And there's a potential, like, they could lose Harvey Barnes, potentially. It's not going to happen. They're definitely losing Schmeichel to Nice, I think it is, isn't it? And... They haven't really replaced them with anyone who, who, like, and as much as people always say, oh, yeah, but Jamie Vardy's going to bank. I think we've already seen at the end of last season. I'm not saying he's done. I'm just saying he's definitely on the decline. And you're going to keep... I mean, I, I'd go out on the limb and say he's done. You think, you think Vardy's completely done? He is out. How long was he out for last he season? He is very, very injury prone. He was injury prone at his, at his peak. Yeah. Now, now he's, what, like 36? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I just don't think he's got that much left in him. I, I personally don't think he's done. I think he'll play for at least two more seasons in the Prem. But I think he'll. I think he's on the decline, and people can't expect him to bang the same numbers he did a few years ago when he's challenging for the, you know, Golden Boot. Yeah, and plus, wife's a grass. <laughs> I mean, well, who knows? That may be affecting him off the pitch as well. But I just think that was one that I was just like, really, like some people are, are doing them like so dirty in terms of like saying they're going to be relegated but I don't think it's going to be that but I've seen some people go I think they're going to get like ninth and I'm like you're joking they're going to be like yeah they, they won't get relegated but they won't get ninth I think they're going to be some literally somewhere from like 14th to yeah something like that I don't know not not that high anyway why don't we talk um about your team for a second and then we'll go on that afterwards to relegation zone and then two teams that i think are going to be very close to the relegation zone so let's start this off by i'll, I'll pass it over to you that with the narrative that i've seen going around which i know you're going to want to talk about so i'll tee you up in that sense so again speaking of stuff that we've seen yet again southampton are in people's uh relegation um Oh, sorry, not even relegation. So, yeah, being relegated, people are putting you as the 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 one, not not the first to go, obviously, but you're the last to go. If that makes any sense, what do you have to say to those people who keep doing this year on year? Let me get on my soapbox in a minute because this is <laughs> ridiculous. Every season since 2015, I think we've been like a shoe in to be relegated. Every single bloody season, it's it's the exact opposite to the Aston Villa thing. You know, everyone thinks, oh, let's put. You know, that's an edgy little fun thing to do. Let's also put Southampton in the relegation every single season. Mm-hmm. Last season, we were, what, maybe like three or four points off of Villa? Yeah. After all of the all of the talk that Villa fans were having, you know, oh, signing Coutinho, getting Gerrard in, three or four points. Why is it that Southampton had a terrible season? Now, don't get me wrong, 
that decline at the end was steep. Yeah, very. It was very, very steep. But the start... And the start, although, was outrageously good. Yeah. Um, now, the biggest problem, and you would have heard it all of last season, was how Ralph Hasnut had an inability to change his tactic. Mm-hmm. He was... The, I don't believe he was supported correctly um, by his coaching staff. I mm-hmm. think he had a lot of yes-men and a lot of coaches who weren't necessarily the right fit. You know, they might be technical coaches, but they weren't the assistants. Yeah. He now has an actual assistant first team manager. Surprise. Ruben Sellers, <laughs> who is, um, by by all accounts, a very, very exciting prospect mm-hmm. in coaching. Um, he, it wouldn't surprise me if the plan was, so Ralph's got another uh, two years, well, two seasons, including this one, uh, left in his contract. It wouldn't surprise me if we were grooming sellers to take over Ralph. Interesting. Uh, Ralph has said he wants to retire yeah. after this. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if Sellers was going to be, if you know we were grooming that, that transition period to happen. Um, so I think he's going to be, and already you can see in, in the videos of the training that the, the club puts out, Sellers is out there taking the session, he's shouting, he's being engaging. You can see him in the pre-season as well. It's not just Ralph cutting a kind of lone figure on the sideline. Sellers there now. You know, and that means that hopefully Ralph isn't going to be... He'll have someone there to bounce off the ideas. Yeah. Listen, it's not worth change it up. And already we've seen different formations pre-season. Right? So we've got that. The whole... Co- and we've also got more coaching staff in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, three three sacks, three came in. Um, we've also got new owners. First transfer window... Well, they came in during the January transfer window. Yeah. First transfer window that they've really... And we've, all, we've spent £60 million. Mm-hmm. Without having to sell anyone, which is outrageous for Southampton. It's at the moment their biggest ever um, net transfer window. Yeah. Um, so what's that telling you? That's telling you that while we haven't lost any players from last season, and that, and we, we, we talk about a team here that is, that I think has a high uh, potential, and as we saw at the start of last season, has potential. Um, but we've also got in a lot and a lot of high potential young talent yes um and judging by pre-season they they are already very good and i would say some of these some of these kids 19 20 year olds are already better than established premier league players uh, bazunu for example in goal is unreal and he will be uh, i don't think we'll keep him <laughs> he'll go back he'll go back to city yeah on that buyback clause because he is on um, but that's, the, ga- that's the, most... the game you're playing, isn't it? That's the whole point but with these new this signings. Is, this is the thing with these new signings, you know. So I just think, while I can understand that realistic, and I would say if we get anywhere kind of 10th to 15th, I'd be happy, really. You know, I would love for us to challenge top half of the table, but all the other teams around us, are, 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 they're, they're good teams, and they they bought wisely. But to think that we'd get relegated, I think, is very... Silly, and I think just shows a little bit of a kind of lack of investigating mm-hmm. into your yeah. into your opinions about football teams. Because how you could come up and say, "I, oh, yeah, I think," team, you know, it's an opinion, sure, but is it is it one that you've based on what? Because Southampton have been avoiding the relegations for, you know, when was the last time we were up there? 17, 18. Yeah. So I'd... for the last four or five years, we've been avoiding the drop. 
I just, I, 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 I like sometimes I can see some logic when they're like, you know, with some big defeats you've had and Ralph on the, on the, you know, teetering on the cliff edge sometimes. But I just think, especially this season, um, as you said, bringing in new coaching staff, bringing in all these exciting youngsters from, you know, proven Premier League clubs when they're bringing in their really like starlet academy players. And then some of the preseason games you've had. I know preseason doesn't usually count for anything, but I just think I don't see how they think you're any worse off than you were last year and you still stayed I think, up. Last. I tell you what it is, right? Last year we lost Danny Ings. Mm-hmm. Danny Ings season before was arguably our best player. Mm-hmm. Um and we lost him and everyone was like, Well, they're gonna struggle. Right? Did, did we struggle? Yeah, a little bit towards the end of last season, but, yeah. you know, we were fine. This year, it was Brozier. Yeah. Because, you know, that loan. Now, I go out of my way and I'll say here, you you know full well how I felt about Brozier towards the mm-hmm. You know, at the start of the season, first half, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. But it was very clear from January that he did not care. Right? And realistically, what have we lost? We've lost seven goal striker. Yeah, it started off so well, and then yeah, exactly, not, not nothing really towards the end. And, and you've got players that are going to hopefully try and fill some of those gaps this yeah. year. We signed Sekumara from from Bordeaux, scored six goals in the in the league in last season. You know, he could score in the he could score in the Premier League. I reckon I I I stick a five on him scoring seven this year. Replace Brozier's goals. Yeah, and I just think the rest of the players you've got so far are, you know, a good quality and are going to build that squad out. So I think it's harsh to do it, but I also see people's arguments all the time of, I see this year on year as well, not just because obviously I, you know, spend a lot of time watching football with you and hearing your opinion as a Southampton fan, but I do see this argument of people going, oh, well, it's about time they go down though, isn't it? And it's like, well, what are you basing that on? Like just randomly going, there's a team that's flirted with the relegation zone a couple of times. Okay, yeah, let's chuck them in. I just, I just don't see it personally. So I think that's. One... It's, it's not like it's not like they're a boring team to watch as well. Like, if anything, surely that would be that they're the one of the most fun teams to watch in neutral because you don't know whether you're going to see something get bashed nine nil or or see them beat fucking massive team three nil. Yeah, it's who knows who knows it's one of them anyway i i am with you i don't think that southampton are going to go down so let's move on to some teams that we think will go down or close to going down so let's 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 jump around a little bit because sticking Mm -hmm. to a little bit of a narrative that i'm building here let's go so the bottom two teams i think we discussed it last week so i don't think um correct me if i'm wrong but we're thinking bournemouth 20th and then fulham 19th is a pretty solid shout so that leaves a last slot. So this is what I want to talk about. Do you think that is going to be filled with the other promoted team, Nottingham Forest, or do you think someone else is going to slip into there? Uh, in my heart, mm. I think it's Forest. Mm-hmm. Because, and we spoke about it last season, yeah. they've essentially just signed the whole new eleven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just don't think that that's the sustainable way of, of playing. Yeah. Um and I think if you see some of the players, right, let's let's talk firstly, Dean Henderson, mm-hmm. phenomenal goalkeeper, but he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm sure most people listening have watched the interview. Um, there's definitely a chip on his shoulder and you've got to be thinking, is that something that's be playing on his mind as he's playing? Who knows? You know, if he starts, if he, if he has a bit of a bad game, is that, is that, and all of a sudden, his form just takes a nosedive because in his head, you've got to think about these things. And then you've got to think, Jesse Lingard, I think good signing, but he's very clearly gone there for the money. 
And I think a lot of people at the moment have questions on professional attitude. Yeah. Um, because realistically, if you were Jesse Lingard and you West Ham come in for you, why would you not go to West Ham? Where you know that you'll be fighting for European space. And fitting well and scored loads of goals. And fitting well and scored loads of goals. Fan base love you. You go to Forest, you're going to Forest for the payday. That that instantly gives me where well, he's not going to fight then. Because he's only on a year contract. You know, if, if, if Forest get relegated, it doesn't matter to him. That, yeah. These are these are these are my concerns mm-hmm. about about Forest. I think they have bought some some good players, but I, th- I I just worry that spending that amount of money, and also I think as well sometimes you know it happened to Fulham. You're going to break your wage structure and you're going to break your transfer record two yeah. three times in one window, and you're you're rolling the dice on staying up because if you don't stay up, the the ramifications of it's going to screw you. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's I, um, a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure. I mean, my my head tells me you're correct, and it's it should be Forest, and it's going to be those ones put in. However, I think that there's two or three people. Uh, one of them, I you know, I actually think people have let go under the radar a little bit, which is Brentford, because I don't I don't know where they're going to finish. They totally could have a second season syndrome and end up there as well, but I think they're going to escape it. I actually think the two teams that I want to talk about um, as like my last points actually will go below Brentford this season. Uh, one of them, I don't think we need to go too much when we went into it last week, is Everton. I don't think anyone can say they're not going to be flirting with relegation zone considering pre-season form. Uh, how they ended last season, transfers, and just also questions around Frank again because it not, it just doesn't seem to be working for him anywhere he goes. And if he can't get a team working together, some of it has to go on the management, not just the players. Yeah, uh, again, in my little my little list, I've jotted down. I had I had Everton in that sort of mm-hmm. uh, low low mid table sort of section yeah. you know, between fourteenth and seventeenth. I think they're definitely going to struggle this season. They're going to flirt with relegation zone. Yeah. I would put money on maybe Frank being the first. Frank first manager to go. I mean, that is a that's a bold claim, but you know, it's one that I totally could see happen because if they don't get if they get running results and they start where they picked off last season, then that's a, a choice for management to make. And I think they have got a big name and it's going to happen for them. But if it doesn't work, they need to do everything they can to turn those points around because yeah, they're going to be super close. But. Here's going to be my big shout, and I think lots of people might think, some people might go, you're way off. Again, I could be way off. This is just my pure gut feeling, and I could be totally wrong with egg on my face when it comes to the last day of the season, right? But I think, as I said, I, I, my, my head tells me Forest, my heart tells me Leeds. I just, like... <sighs> Jesse Marsh has come in and I'm, I'm not sure about him as a, a coach anyway. I'm sure he might do okay, but the leagues, you know, that he's been in before, um, you know, he's done some good stuff with some teams, but I'm just, is he that pedigree that's going to keep him out? I'm not sure. But also he's gone for the, I'm going to buy loads of new players again, but I don't think, again, this could be super harsh of me. And it, some people might be saying, oh, you're doing what, I know Southampton people do Southampton and it's it's a lack of knowledge it's all this stuff but he's bought teams that he's obviously known from lots of um, German players and then um, you know using some of the contacts that he's had um, with the feeder clubs when he was like an, an American coach and stuff like that um, over there but I just think that 
they're not going to gel. They're really going to miss Phillips and they're really going to miss Rafina, and they're going to be the things that are going to be the difference. And I, again, I wouldn't have thought it, but the more I've thought about it, the more I'm just like, I can see them having a poor season and I could just see Forrest. I know what you're saying about the money and I'm, my heart, sorry, my head tells me that, but my heart says they bought, they bought signings which are expensive and can totally go wrong. But if it goes right, they should just escape with people like Hendo and Lingard and other players keeping them up. So that's that's my bold prediction that it could be Leeds that join them there. I had Leeds in seventeen, so I'm not I'm not a million miles away from you. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I they're going to struggle, and yeah, yeah. they made good signings. Yeah, they spent money. Clubs spend money all the time. Yeah, you know. If you ask me, it kind of maps a little bit of desperation. Yeah, and I, I, I just think it's, uh, again, it will either work for them and it will absolutely work or it won't. And that, that's, you know, only only time will tell. Um, is there anyone else you want to talk about or is that pretty much the, the main people we want to cover? I think that's the main people we want to cover. I think the rest of the teams out there, your Wolves, your Palaces, your Brighton. Yeah. I think I think they're going to they're gonna be kind of uh, between... Eighth and well, obviously between eighth and fifteenth. Yeah, it, it, and I, I agree. And you, you could put them, and most people have put them in very different orders. I think I don't think Brighton will do as well this season. I'm unsure how well Palace will do. They could do better. They could do worse. I'm not sure. But like all of that, again, it's very up in the air. They're going to be, as you said, in that slot, and it's just who comes where. I think we've we've talked about the interesting ones, kind of with the right at the bottom and right at the top, and any that we think are and the and you know maybe some overreaching for certain European spots. Um, but before we finish this episode, actually, I do want to bring up, obviously, the biggest story in world football, and that is absolutely no. Uh, yeah, that that is the correct thing to say because um, we had a extremely momentous occasion where England have won the Women's Euro. So a massive congratulations to the Lionesses. You have done um, not only England proud, but women's football extremely proud. And, you know, that is going to be something that we hope to see just push on and get bigger and bigger and bigger. It was um, extremely well-deserved and has given uh, the nation a bit of a lift. Yeah, oh, it's phenomenal. And I think it's just such a good news story. Um, you know, firstly, it's come home. It's come home. Uh, it's come home. And, you know, it, I don't think anyone would have expected it to be, us to be saying that about the women's team. Um, so, do you know what? I'm absolutely floored that it's happened. And I'm as, I was as giddy as I would have been had it would been mm-hmm. in the men's team. So, you know, absolutely phenomenal. I think the standard of football they played was outrageously we, you know, um, smashing people having, you know, the best defensive yeah. record. Like when we're supposed to be having all oh, this is a ridiculously hard semi-final, quarter-final fixture, and they're just blowing people out of the water. Not just like beating them, like decimating yeah, yeah. teams. And considering they were, I think we were like sixth or eighth in the world rankings, and then we, you know, people were saying it's going to be Germany, France, or Sweden, and then what what happened happened, and people doing us. Like, I actually went into that final, obviously had the nerves, but I was like, we've got this. We've looked so much better yeah. than everyone else. Honestly, I felt a calm that I, I haven't felt watching like Yeah. Um, because I, was just, I felt like, you know what, they, they go out there, they've got the ability and they've got the skill. Not only that, but they've got the resilience. You know, the Germans pulled one back and they still had it in them to dig deep yeah. and get that winner. Because, you know, there was that part of me that was like, oh, here we go. Penalties, penalties yeah, against yeah, the yeah. Germans in yeah, the final. Precisely, well. I mean, that storyline was there. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, absolutely phenomenal. Um, and the spotlight that is put on women's football just been 
Um, and you know, I can't, I can't even begin to imagine how many little opportunity mm-hmm. uh, or how many women now never got the opportunity when they precisely. Were sort of, and you've seen you know, lots of those stories teenagers. come out. Exactly right, you know. Um, and even you know, I remember from us playing football, I could probably think of one or two girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, with us and around us, and even even going into college, school and college. There was probably I could probably count on the amount of women who played football. Yeah, and uh, it's for teams, and you know, and to be fair to some of them, some. Oh, you cut out a little. Uh, oh, sorry, apologies. Uh, yeah, so to, to be fair, some of those some of those girls that we played with went on to play at a very decent level. Yeah, well, I was going about um, to say I can think of one person that probably meant you know. Uh, even more to for, for lots of people but as someone who I um, used to go to school with the only girl on the playground that wanted to play football so big shout out to Yaz and Bunter uh, plays for FC Basel now she's a professional football player um, absolutely smashing it over there and I'm sure she was absolutely over the moon for that but yeah exactly it opens up those doors um, you know we've got you know, this year, for example, in FIFA, it's not only uh, the game that is, sorry, that it's not only the women's national teams, you've got women's club uh, teams coming into it as well, more recognition, all this kind of stuff. You know, the pricing is fantastic. The family atmosphere is fantastic at, you know, the, the women's games compared to the men's, which is only a positive compared to the negative that absolutely goes with the men's side of it. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just one of them. So, uh, we just one, one to... thing I would like to just point out mm-hmm. is um, there was a very, I think it was Alex Scott, big comment about how a lot of clubs in the UK didn't let the uh, women's glories play at their stadiums. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very poor show um, to those clubs out there. And I, I really hope now that this kind of showed them the error of their ways. Um, because I don't think there was a club in the top six that let them play in this. Uh, Old Trafford had one of the games. Old Trafford yeah. had one of the games. Brilliant. A fantastic, you know, well-played Massive stadiums, Tottenham Stadium, uh, the new White Hart Lane, uh, the Emirates, mm-hmm. you know, Anfield, massive stadiums that could have, you know, really packed in the fans because there is that hunger to. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think anything can be said more than the simple fact of uh, the Euro, uh, the sorry, the women's final at Wembley is the most attended final of any Euro game, regardless of gender. So that just yeah. says it all. Like there is absolutely uh, people there uh, to watch. I think they're only going to get more fans down with the pricing and the hype around it. And absolutely, it's going to be great. And let's let's just keep that positive momentum and keep all those negative thoughts, that unfortunately, have also surfaced. But they've uh, they've been massively drowned out by all the positivity. So that's just amazing. But yeah, well done, Lionesses, again. Um, I think that's it. So that's been uh, just another quick episode. Obviously, the big one. We are back next week, uh, season three of the Roundup Review. We are very excited, not only to record the pod, but also we're just very, very happy that the Premier League's back um, and excited to see how that story starts to unfold. Um, So as usual, thank you very much, Rich, for coming on. Always appreciate it. Thanks for having me as always, mate. Um, and don't forget, um, if you have been liking this content, give us a like, uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell, or we're on Spotify. Uh, so give us, you know, a follow over there. Five star reviews. We're on TikTok, Twitter, all that kind of good stuff. So go follow us. It's in the link tree down below. Uh, so have a good rest of your week. Uh, it's not many days left. Uh, I hope your team has a good start to the season. And let's uh, let's enjoy some football. Thanks very much. <laughs>